Welcome to the Global Dance Network podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Smolik, and I invite you to join the conversation with artists who are passionate about inspiring and equipping you for whatever sphere you find yourself in. Dominique Klein, Artistic Director of Amplified Arts Academy, shares what it takes to run a successful studio and the opportunities this can open up for you and your church community. So welcome to our podcast, Dom, from sunny, hot Australia to cold Germany. Um, But tell us a little bit about yourself. People will hear that you're not Aussie, but how come uh, you are living in Australia? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I came to Sydney, gosh, it was six years ago um, for Hillsong College and um, did a, ended up doing three years of college and then came on staff running our performing arts school, Amplified Arts Academy. Um, And while during college, you know, Bible college, bridal college, met my (laughs) husband, now husband, got married. Um, and living here, running the academy, and it's been a crazy ride, but been loving every minute of it. Nice. So I bet you did not imagine that happening, coming here from uh, L.A. as a young 19-year-old or however old you were. Yeah, I was 18. My plan, I danced my whole life, trained in L.A. plan was to go into the industry, was really training yeah, my whole life for that. Um, and then my plan was to do one year here and then go back to that. And I've been here ever since. So, yeah. Nice. And I'm sure you don't regret moving there. <laughs> no, it's been it's been amazing. Yeah, so good. So um, you run Amplified Arts Academy, or AMP, or um, for short. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what the mission, vision of it is and what, what that looks like. Definitely. So Amplified Arts is connected to Hillsong Church um, here in Sydney, and there's a few different academies. There's another one in London as well, but the, I run the one here in Sydney, and it's all about um, really training and equipping young artists, believing in them, um, not just about training them in their talent, but who they are as individuals and building their self-confidence and self-esteem. And um, the other great thing is because it's a performing arts school, um, we bring in people that are just from the community and don't attend church, but it's a great pathway to then get people connected and um, tell them about everything else that um, Hillsong offers and get them involved. So I, I really love that aspect of the academy as well. So good. So um, I guess a lot of people would be wondering, yeah, what does that look like being connected to a church? So are you saying not everyone is a part of the church, which is great, so it's open to the community. Um, do, do students have the chance to, because of being connected to, to such a big church, be involved in things within the church? Um, what, what does it look like on a day-to-day basis? Like, can we see it like a what we imagine as like a regular studio to look like? Definitely. So it is a regular studio. One thing I love is I'm technically on creative staff at Hillsong. So I'm really um, amongst the creatives and it's not just that amps this 
separate thing that it's it's part of church and it's part of something that we do and an, uh, an amazing initiative that we have so um the day-to-day running is just like any other studio um before covid we we're running like 28 classes a week 50 privates for kids from two years old all the way through to 18 mm-hmm. um so just like any other studio classes concerts competition teams all of that fun stuff um anyone can come so we do have a lot of students that are involved in church that are part of the performing arts school um but then like i said there's people from the community which is really amazing and then from there getting them connected into um opportunities within the kids programs and within youth and um making sure that they um feel supported in every aspect of their lives Mm. Sounds amazing. So what was it like taking this on? Um, what was the the most difficult thing? Because it was obviously an academy that already existed, um, so you didn't start it per se, um, which has its pros and cons, I think, you know, taking something on and, and making it your own and, and um, yeah, seeing, seeing where it goes. What was the most challenging thing? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like I've grown so much since I first took it on. So I took it on when I was 21. So I was a baby when I took it on, (laughs) which is just crazy and God works in like crazy ways. But um, I feel like the biggest thing that I had to learn and what was the hardest was um, knowing when to let people's opinions or feedback sway your decisions and knowing when to go with what your gut tells you to do Mm. um so I think as a 21 year old leading an academy that was hard because um I obviously wanted the best for our faculty and our students but sometimes when you would come in as a new person with something that had already been established and you see some ways that it can improve sometimes change is hard for people especially Mm -hmm. because the academy's been running now for about 20 years which is incredible and I'm so thankful for the people that have gone before me to pioneer it but um just um having grace as you make changes and guide people and then um establishing relationship with the client so that they have that trust as well Mm. wow I didn't even realize you were 21 yeah that's crazy (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) And did you actually, just side note, um, because you said earlier you wanted to, you know, you were growing up training to go into the industry, but now you found yourself teaching. Did you have that dream growing up as well to be a teacher or not really? Did that just come uh, or come your way and you thought, okay, I guess I'm a dance teacher now? (laughs) Yeah, not really. Like, I've always loved teaching. I started teaching when I was probably about 14, um, helping assist in classes, running little tiny tots classes and stuff like that. So I always loved it, and it was a great job when I was in college as well. Um, but I I think I saw teaching way later on in my life. I kind of had this perspective that I had to um, prove myself in a way so that people would want to train um, with me so Um, to be able to, yeah, train others, run an academy at such a young age. I had to just run with something that was given and not second guess that. So um, definitely didn't really see it in my future now, but I've been, I've been loving it. 
so good. So um, for any teachers out there or maybe people who would like to be teaching dance but don't have much experience, what do you think actually makes a good teacher? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I do often look for a teaching experience when hiring, so I would recommend if you don't have teaching experience to get involved in whatever studio or performing arts kind of academy um, that you're involved in to just even ask to help volunteer, help assist, and even just get um, some of those kinds of experience on your resume. We've started to run programs like that for some of our older students at AMP to help them then become teachers later on, which is really special to me to see some of those seniors in classes helping out. Yeah. Um, besides teaching experience and like um, dance background and whatever type of style you're uh, training students in, I would say what makes a good teacher is being able to adapt learning styles quickly and seamlessly within a class. Um, we actually have had some students at AMP that don't speak English and they're in the same class as other students that do and their parents have enrolled them to try to help them um, adapt to living in Australia. So um, being a teacher that can support a student that can't understand you as well as um, supporting a student that can. So adapting learning styles I think would be um, one thing that I'd really look for in a good teacher. Hmm. Nice. And you have some great teachers, so I've seen. So that's, that's so great. Um, and going into a bit more detail, what should a typical dance lesson, and it's okay, it's funny to say typical, but because every teacher is different, but what do you think a lesson should consist of? Or how, how can you um, set up a, I don't know, 60 minute or, or one and a half hour class? What does it what should it entail, especially if you're in a studio setting? Yeah, it's a great question. I would actually take it one step back and say um, what is um, asked for from the director. Um, so one thing we do at AMP is we have four terms. So the first two terms is more focused on technique and really training students in that. And the second um, terms, term three and four, is more focused on performance and getting them ready for their concert. So that overall structure does help teachers know what is priority in that season. There's things that you kind of always want to hit in lessons, but I like having that overarching um, view of what the year looks like and what needs to be um, priority. Um, in a 60-minute lesson, I always start with a warm-up. Um, I usually choreograph my warm-up for the term or potentially even for the year if I really like it yeah. um, so that students don't have to think about the warm-up but that um, it gets them ready for the lesson and that they also start, I encourage them to start performing in the warm-up so that it's not just movement. Um, and then after warm-up, we do techniques. So like in a jazz class or something like that, that's across the floor and center work, um, kicks, turns, leaps, all of that fun stuff. And then ending with a bit of choreography and improv to give them a range of those um, different aspects of dance training. Mm, good. I've actually seen um, over the years, because I've obviously followed um, the journey of the academy, the students really gain a lot of um, performance ability and also 
a lot of technical ability as well, which is which is great to see. And I think the longer a studio uh, exists, the the higher the standard does become. And I've definitely seen that with you guys as well. So that's really cool. Thank you. Yeah, I can see all your all your hard work and your your passion, obviously as well. I think if you don't have passion to do that kind of job, then yeah. There's not much point, but you you definitely have that and bring that through all the other trainers and staff that you have as well. So shifting gears a little bit, um, so we were talking about the studio being a part of a church. Um, what what do you think makes your studio um, potentially different to other studios? Um, out there, obviously being connected to a church, but looking at it from a faith-based um, environment, what do you think makes it different? Why do you think people from the community who aren't a part of the church do come and join you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, the biggest, the big thing we pride ourselves on is having a really positive learning environment, um, making sure that it's not just about the talent of a student, but about them as an individual and if they're leaving feeling more um, better than when they walked in. Um, I think sometimes studios can get so focused on the talent rather than the student themselves. Um, so I want to always make sure that we have that differentiation. Um, the other thing is making sure that we're inspiring and encouraging rather than um, competitive and comparing to mm. each other. Um, and then another thing with just having like a positive learning environment is making sure that our music is age appropriate, our costumes are age appropriate, and our choreography is as well. Right. Um, I'm going to hit a little interesting topic, maybe. Some people, uh, depending on culture or where they are, would say... Uh, if you're a faith-based studio, there should only be uh, Christian music and um, let's stay clear of all the other stuff, which, you know, everyone has their own opinion or their own um, experience and the way they want to run things. But what would you what would you say about that? Is that what, what you guys do? <laughs> I know. I love the hard questions. Um, we definitely have secular music in classes. Um, one thing we do do is for like concerts and things like that, teachers submit their tracks and um, I will approve them. So I'll look up the lyrics of each track, making sure that there's not a storyline that isn't appropriate for a class. Um, but yeah, that's a, it's a great question. I think for us, it's more about making sure that what students are um, dancing to, because they're listening to it and then kids start to repeat those lyrics as well, mm. is that it's age appropriate for them. Um, and that's my main concern rather than if it's just Christian music or secular music. Mm. And I would actually say, um, especially for kids, like because we want to reach the community, one way that we can is by playing um, songs that, all the kids know yeah know? No. Yeah, yeah for sure for sure yeah I know that's a that's a debate that goes on or that that people um, often have questions to and I think it does depend on your context and um, your environment and and your culture as well so um yeah great answer great answer so if someone's listening and maybe thinking about oh I've always wanted to run a studio or maybe they're going oh I never even thought of 
running a studio through my church. Um, and majority of people won't be part of a, a big church like you are. What is what are some ways they could even start this dream of theirs? What do you think are some yeah some practical steps they could and should take? Yeah, definitely. I would say first always chatting to your creative pastor, your pastor, making sure that you're always um, aligning your potential vision and dream with the greater church's vision and dream and not just starting something separate. I think that's really important. Um, second is to start just building interest. So seeing if, um, you know, Sunday after a service, if you can run a dance workshop and start bringing um, people together and gathering and running some classes and starting with workshops is always great because that's as soon as you go to a week-to-week thing that's a really big commitment so mm-hmm. starting with this little school holiday program or after Sunday kind of vibe um, that's always great to even just see if there's interest in um, in, interest in what you want to offer um, and then if you're a part of a church that has a dance team to bring people from that dance team a part of that as well um, because I'm sure that there's people part of the dance team that have the gift of teaching as well on their lives and that would be a great way to get more people involved yeah nice yeah for sure and I guess just take it from there and see um see what happens a a studio doesn't grow within uh a day and it takes a lot of hard work and and determination and pushing through how did you maybe you can give a few practicals on on how you grew the studio over the last few years yeah um so i grew the studio by first consistency which is not very glamorous and fun, but just the week to week of having high caliber training, even little things like making sure teachers were there before their classes started and were prepared and students weren't waiting in the foyer for a class, Um, making sure that client's experience was really positive, Um, consistency in all your communication, making sure that um, parents know when it's like a parent viewing week or the date of, enrollments opening or when concerts are and when tickets are on sale and then as well as thinking through your marketing and um, how you can market within the community or even within the different platforms you have of what organization um, you are a part of so those were some ways that, that we grew the studio and continue to and then as soon as one person has a great experience you see them um, inviting others another one is um, we run tiny tots classes which is ages two to four years old and that's great because that's bringing in young families to the um, academy and usually those young families they haven't been involved in other activities and they're just starting out figuring out they want to get their kids involved in so if they have a great experience at AMP then they usually end up staying and their kids grow up in the academy so um even starting small with some little kid classes is great yeah yeah I know I teach at a local studio as well and all our our kids classes are bursting at the seams because people you know parents are always looking what to put their kids into and a lot of kids love to love to dance and move and it's definitely a great way um to get them in and to amazing to follow their journey from little ones to being seniors and helping teach or assist classes which is so cool exactly. what, do you, what do you think the value of 
dance is for for children, for young people? What do you think it actually? Um, how does it benefit? I mean, it, it does in many ways, but what do you see the the biggest benefits being for them? Definitely. Oh, it's such a good question, and I feel like I could talk about this for ages. Um, first off, being able to express themselves. So e even in a dance class when we're doing choreography, learning how to express emotion and what they're going through and what they're feeling is really valuable, even from a young age. Um, building confidence in themselves. Like, performing on a stage can be quite scary. So when a little four-year-old performs on a stage, that's a massive win, mm. you know, and having that self-confidence um building uh creativity and not being afraid of putting something out there i i love seeing our our little ones in prague they're just free and they will do anything you know and sometimes you see as uh, students get older you see them get a little bit more reserved but pushing through that and um making sure that they feel like they can express their creativity and then on an even practical note of like getting um, students to have something that they enjoy during their week so that when they're older and they have, let's say, nine to five jobs that they have kind of built that routine into their lives where they still do something that um, fills them up and inspires them, whether that's a adult ballet class once they're older or something like that, building those um, routines in their life of things that inspire them um, and keep them motivated. Yeah, love that. Um, you have so much wisdom to share, and I'm sure a lot of people are benefiting from this. Before I finish, is there anything else that's on your heart that you'd love to say or any any piece of advice you have? Um, I don't want to uh, finish too soon if there's something burning on your heart. <laughs> um, I would just say wherever you're at to just keep going. Um, I don't know about you guys, but we've been going through, depending on when you're listening to this, but we've just been, we've been going through COVID and it's been a hard season for a lot of studios. And sometimes you feel like you've taken a few steps back and that can be discouraging. But I would just say to um, keep your eyes focused on him. Remember why you do it. Um, we just finished, we wrapped up our year at AMP and I got all these really sweet cards from students. And I keep those cards as reminders on the hard days mm. when you when you have the vision, but you don't physically see it. So I would just encourage you to keep those reminders easily accessible so that um, you can keep moving forward because um, yeah, kids need it. Kids need the arts and it's such a beautiful space to um, be in and to train others and see students thrive in what they love to do. So good. So good. So where can people go to find out more about AMP? Yeah, so um, hillsong.com slash AMP is our website and that's where people can find um, everything about AMP, our timetable, what we're about, what we do, what are coming up. So that's the place to go. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, John. And um, we look forward to seeing what, what happens with AMP in the future and love seeing your journey. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. We trust you are inspired and equipped to take your next step. Be sure to hit subscribe and follow us on social media to stay connected with all things GDN.